0: Pelotero Pickle episode 71, we are hitting the road. We rant about player development and we talk New Year's resolutions. Check it out. Pelotero Pickle episode 71. It is Cedar season in Texas. It is lockout season everywhere. Not a lot of baseball news, but we're going to power through it. Chris, how are you doing? Hello,
1: Robert. I'm delicious.
0: You just came in hot there with the mic.
1: Oh, I moved because I had to take the screen recording thing off my screen. Yeah.
0: I hate the screen recording lady voice. I don't like it. Yeah.
1: Like Zoom lady not very personable.
0: I just wish there was an option to turn it off and I can't find it. There might be one. I haven't, I honestly haven't looked very hard, but. It's okay, um, also in other news, kind of a mullet. I don't know if you can see. does it look like a mullet on here? It's kind of lopsided. We uh, we transitioned to home haircuts at the Tewksbury house for me anyway. Uh, I know you're a big home haircut guy, you cut your own hair. So the other day, <coughs> excuse me, the other day, like my sideburns were getting kind of like kind of froggy, so I just like trimmed them up. I was like, screw it. I'll just go around the sides. We'll clean it up because I was it was in New Hampshire. There was It was beanie weather. It was around my ears. And I do not like that. So I just kind of just took it back to here. I was like, all right, let's go with it. Rookie
1: mistake. Here's not- the thing, though.
0: No, here's the thing. I don't know how to – first of all, I don't know how you do the back of your head. I just don't – I don't get it. Do you have, like, a mirror set up? What do you do?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I've done it enough times where I, I can gauge – where I need to go. And usually what happens is I'll get to the line where I need to start like kind of blending and I'm crooked. So I have to use the mirror. I look at it and then I set my hand back there to how high I need to go. And then I'm fortunate that I have thick hair that blends well. So even if you mess it up, you can't really tell. As long as I don't do like a skin fade, if I don't use no attachment, if I use a one, which is what I did right before Christmas, there's not much I can do to mess it up.
0: Well, that's good. I, I actually learned a lot. See, People people like to rag on TikTok. I, there was this guy on TikTok that is amazing at teaching people how to cut their hair or like talking through the process of like using the, the guard and like going full versus half versus no guard and like how to blend the lines. It was pretty cool. I need to practice more.
1: The equipment plays a major factor in haircuts.
0: Huge. It's, it's everything. You got to have the right tool for the job um we talk about hair a lot I think it's important to have a go-to haircut I recently just stopped wearing hats I don't know if I talked about that on here nobody noticed I just retired hats I, I had one on today because it was hot and I was sweating I noticed but I just retired wearing hats and nobody even nobody cared I' made such a big deal about it my whole life and realized I was a hat guy and didn't want to be a hat guy anymore so I stopped wearing hats now I have a mullet and nobody even cares nobody cares I have a mullet that's my my number one thing so the I point wear. of the story nobody is. Cares.
1: Nobody cares about anything anybody else does. basically. That's,
0: that's the moral of the story. So except for your mom if you strike out, that's it.
1: No my dad. if I strike out, my mom, if somebody hurts my feelings.
0: Fair. Uh, let's go topic number one. We're hitting the road. We did a uh, uh, today we had our first sprinting and hitting assessment day here at the, at the facility no one tomorrow, heading up to Plano, Texas on Wednesday. Driftwood, Texas. Then we're heading out to the road show to ABCA. So we got Cleveland, Dayton, Ohio, Cincinnati, uh, then Chicago. So hitting the road, Jack.
1: Don't you come back? No. Um, I think it's, I think it's really cool to like get out in front of humans. I think it's good to be with people and share knowledge and bounce ideas off each other. And, I think we've built some really cool stuff that can be used really functionally to help people run their their businesses better and to really help athletes. Um, and I'm excited for people to let uh, see it, touch it, feel it. Because the the challenging part about doing anything new is people either don't know it, or they they're scared of it, or they fear it, or they don't know if it works, or they're just set in their in their ways. And I think. I, more than you, am definitely like that. Um, once I, I do things a certain way, I do them a certain way. But I, I'm, I'm certainly understanding that the younger generation, and and even from a business perspective, you, you need to have systems that work. Because if not, you are just can't run a business. And I think I, what I would love to see happen is people be able to run their businesses more efficiently. And for players to have tools that they can really lean on to for information. Yeah,
0: let's get let's, let's just dig into
1: this. We just which, it's funny because you know producer, producer Patrick asked me a question, and I'm actually going to uh, webinars are coming back this week because I holiday season we didn't do any webinars, and uh, my next webinar is literally about the importance of programming hitters and the differences that I see. And when hitters have a plan and when they don't, and it's crazy.
0: It's unbelievable. And I, I had a, a conversation with a parent about that today. And I told her, I was trying to explain to them when you shape their work, if you don't shape their work, they're just going to do whatever. They're just going to, the ball's going to be on the tee and they're going to swing at it. The ball's going to be pitched to them. They're going to swing at it. There's no intent. There's no, there's no feedback loop because they're not trying to do anything. It's just a bunch of emptiness
1: And they're not equipped to know that they should be paying attention to what's going on. They should be building an idea or a concept or plan around it because nobody teaches it to them. And and the craziest part, and I I don't want to spoiler alert too much of the webinar is players want to learn. They want to get better for years and years and years. I, I saw A reluctance, and maybe it wasn't a reluctance in coaches. I saw an inability of coaches to really paint a good picture for players. And it's nothing to scoff at or it's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, it was really interesting. I I watched this documentary on uh and I told you about it on Nick Bolatieri, and he was a tennis guy, right? And Nick Volatieri will be the first guy to admit he didn't know anything about tennis. This guy's like arguably he's the most well-known tennis coach in the world. Uh, Shoot, IMG Academies is Volatieri Tennis, right? Like that's how IMG's tennis wing kind of became. They bought him out. The guy coached Andre Agassi, people like Monica Sellis, Jim Courier, like the the wave of really good American tennis players in the 90s and, and late 80s. And you know he was talking about how to inspire, right? And how and people the, the big the big narrative around him was that he cared very deeply about his players when you know he saw an opportunity for them to do really well. And it was like a it was like a really special thing to get asked to get on Nick's court and his classes grew, but he was very intense and very intentional in how he built relationships and inspired his players. And at the end of the day, that's us our job as mentors instructors and i i'm realizing it more and more sure there's a place for some type of instruction or some sort of guidance but i think generally speaking most hitters i see they a don't have plans and b have never been inspired or never been led to believe that they can be great and i think this i want to offer an opportunity for that more than anything else
0: Yeah. And it's, we started with talking about shaping the work. We, you talked about helping businesses run more efficiently. I think when you're more efficient with your business, you can free yourself up to be thinking in these lines versus just chasing and panicking and trying to survive. Um, the biggest thing that I felt today in the cage was just the need for tools to be easier to use. So I was trying to blend a little bit. We were doing HITRAX T-assessments. I was doing some video, some new video stuff that we got in the works. And uh, I Diamond Kinetics going at the same time. And DK, the, the sensors are way easier to use now than they used to be. I was pretty happy about that. They sent over some, some new units. They're a lot easier to use, um, which is great because they – before it was, it was hard, but the issue is like at the end of the session, then I got to sit down at the computer. I got to enter the data in manually. It's like, everything needs to be faster. The, um, the biggest thing that, and we, we just talked about this on the phone. So I, I think it needs to be a conversation piece because I think we kind of left the market. We, we took two steps when we maybe needed to take one step. So, doing assessments that are basically fully digital fully automated where maybe the market's not really ready for that or they don't trust it or we need to prove that it's doing what we know and this is where like the whole rub on technology is where what we talk about where technology should be doing what we do just at scale and there's a hundred percent a place for the big data, machine learning, AI type stuff where we're learning, we're you know, pumping a database full of data and letting it learn, letting it be smart, figure out what works, um, letting the data drive decision making. But you got to start with scaling what you already do well and making that easier. Because if it's too hard to do, nobody's going to do it.
1: So well, part of the challenge and what you're talking about, right? I was talking about somebody about this before. Is in the hitting world, especially, I don't think, I don't think there's a very good target right now that defines what good is. I don't think anybody has the target in sight. I think a lot of people are aiming at a lot of different places on the board. And I don't know if there's like a real true answer. And I I tweeted about this tonight. I said, what, what,
0: so the shooters, like, one, yeah. Did you just see my reply to that. Somebody was like, Yeah, yes. when DeAndre DeAndre
1: Jordan, Jordan is not Jordan the best shooter of all time, yes, yeah, because he's got the best. Shooter,
0: it doesn't mean he's the best three point shooter of all time, but if he has the highest field goal percent, he maybe is the smartest shooter of all time because he makes take shots that he can make.
1: I would agree, I would agree with that statement also. But the point is, like, why are we trying to redefine what makes hitters good? Because over the long run, right, Like the probability works like this. And here's the problem with like short run seasons, right? High school seasons, college seasons, guys. Even the the sixty game big league season two years ago. Over the short run, anything can happen in hitting. Anything, anything. You a good hitter could hit two hundred. Uh, a bad hitter could hit four hundred, because there is a, a factor of luck. As we get closer. To infinity, luck goes away. That's uh, poker teaches you that too. The reason why the probabilities exist on cards, it's like the guy that loses with pocket aces, and he goes, "Ah, I always lose with aces." I said, "No, you don't." I said, "You lose twenty percent of the time with aces because eighty percent of the time you win because that's what the math says. If you play enough poker, you could play poker for a week and you could lose at a fifty percent clip or sixty percent clip, but." The closer you get to infinity. So that's why when you look at guys' batting averages, like by, you know, you define a career, you don't define one month. It, it's it, the guy that's hitting 360 at the All Star break. Cody Belger hitting 370 or 430 for the first month of, you know, 2019 or whatever it was when he won the MVP, hit 430 in the first month, 440, and then had like a whatever May. And then by the time you knew it, he hit 160 in the second half. So Everybody was ranting and raving about Cody Bellinger hitting a billion and being the MVP, but the dude hit one sixty in the second half and then followed it up with right.
0: He just got paid too. He just got I think eighteen in arbitration.
1: Yeah. And
0: that's baseball news. They snuck it in before the uh the uh the lockout. Yeah. They just this report i don't know why they
1: just well i mean it. and so when you look at it and you sit there and, and try to evaluate how good a hitter is there's a reason why batting average matters but batting average matters not for a week not for a month uh, maybe sometimes not even for a year i think the closer you get to 500 600 plate appearances the more you're starting to really paint the picture um, and that's you know let, let's say barring a guy's first call up where he gets hundred or 200 scattered at bats I, I'm really just putting in a, a caveat for myself because I hit 195 that yeah, first year. I, I picked that up. And then I got hurt. But
0: um, yeah, the I put out a tweet tonight talking about ways to assess hitters. And I got probably my favorite DM. And I told him when it, when he texted to me. um, His name is Chris. I don't want to throw his full name out there, but his name is Chris. He's a high school coach. And I tweeted out what's like, how do you assess hitters? Like, what do you need to assess hitters? And it was triggered by my time in the cage today where when I watch a hitter swing, I generally need to like, see a couple swings. And I, I got the gist. I, I, I get it. I can't tell you what his bat speed is precisely, but I can tell you if he has
1: good or bad. You can tell if he checks the box.
0: Yeah. You get a general sense of it. So, like, the really good players you can tell, the really bad players you can tell is the ones in the middle where the tech can help even more, where it's, like, they need – the guys on the bottom need fundamentals. They need basics. They need to clean up bad. The guys at the top need to refine. but You can see it. So, he sent me a text, a DM, and it was all about how, like, basically all instruction right now is just, making kids feel good, the game, kids aren't ready for games because they're not training for games. It's like different speeds, hitting different counts, situational hittings, umpire adjustments. And then he's talking about how kids look good inside and then they show up to games and they have no chance because the ump is like making a bad call and they can't control it. Really, just awesome DM. Um, and I said, I completely agree, but using games to to shape your training, to do it in a data-driven way, you need a ton of data. You need many at-bats because you're just not you're – not, you're not collecting enough data to really – You need
1: more at-bats than an amateur player gets in a lifetime. Basically. Amateur players up to the age of 21. If you really think about it, how many, how many at-bats is an amateur going to get that, that are relevant toward, like, who he is as a hitter? Probably, we'll call it 17 and up like 17 and up are the at-bats that really matter if you want to really. Yeah. But like it's because you're a different human before 17, you're a different hitter before 17 or wherever that cutoff line is. In my opinion, I was anyway.
0: Everything is like, you have to qualify everything.
1: Everything is everything.
0: Like you have to, everything requires the context. So like, if you face a guy that's not a good pitcher, does that even matter? Like if, if you're not facing stressful velocity, it doesn't like you don't need to worry about your timing. You're, but, basically just, you're basically just waiting for a pitch to hammer.
1: But is there something to be said for the guy that knows how to stay back and hit a guy that throws slow when he's equipped Absolutely. to hit a guy that throws hard?
0: Absolutely, but you don't know if they can hit the ball. A guy that throws hard, and then maybe they face a guy three times a year that throws hard, like like to the point that they're really stressed. Yeah, and then you're you're gonna judge that player based on those at bats when it's a sample size of like ten.
1: So I'm gonna I'm gonna do you one better than what you said. It takes you a few swings to figure out whether a guy, what he needs, right? I think it takes a few swings to figure out whether a guy can swing. I think it takes more to figure out if he can hit.
0: Oh yeah, and, for sure. And the, part so of the Matt, reason when I when I asked the question, I was talking about like how do you assess hitters? Like if you're if they're coming in the cage, we're talking about swing capability, not hitting ability not swing capacity because we've we've broken it down into all these different categories where the capacity is your your engine your your bat speed your exit velocity blah 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 your capability is what your swing is capable of like are you creating good characteristics but can you actually hit that's all timing that's visions pitch recognition it's it's understanding sequencing and how what the game situation is and how the guy's trying to get you out. Dealing with
1: frustration. So I but I think that can be binary too, Bobby, right? And I and here's where I where I go with that. And I said this on Bridge of Gap the other night when we were talking with Donnie and and Robert Vance Donniecker and Robert Vanskoyak on the panel. And it was great to be able to hear what they had to say because I'd never talked to either one of them directly. Um <laughs> and it, it comes down to like so the, the the X factor, right? And part of the reason why the assess, the hitting assessment, the Pelotero hitting assessment is long is because it creates stress. Like it's literally creating stress in places where you're not used to having it. Cause usually players are being evaluated, especially in training in non-stressful environments. Like, Oh, Hey, hit the ball as hard as you can. Cool. I'm going to get the one pitch that I want to hit and I'm going to put it there and I'm going to hit it. Hey, uh, put the ball wherever you want location wise. That's not hitting stuff, right? And I'm not saying that the Pelotero T hitting assessment is like the be all and end all, but I, like if I watch a guy swing for a while and see how he deals with the failure and really interpret like how much he can battle through being tired and deal with any bad swings that he's taken. Now I'm starting to paint that picture a little bit differently, and and I said this, I said this on the panel, and I still believe it. In order to be a great hitter, you have to be obsessed with being great, because if you're obsessed with being great, you'll just figure out how to do the things you need to do. Bobby, I didn't face stressful velocity until, I mean, I probably faced a couple of guys that threw 90 in high school, maybe, maybe 89, 88. Uh, didn't play travel ball and then Legion, cool. You run into like the one stud that, you know, maybe throws 93, or 94, but like it's, it's easy sitting at 93, 94. No, he's probably pitching at 90, 91. But learning how to hit velocity was, there was urgency for me. I just, I, I just, when I couldn't, I, I went and figured it out. And when I couldn't hit a breaking ball, I went and figured it out. Like, and when I couldn't hit a changeup, I went and figured it out. And then, you start to learn about what you have to do to accomplish the thing that you want. Cause the picture is getting painted for you. As long as you just open your eyes, if you keep your eyes open, you'll see it getting painted. <laughs> Body's telling you what's going on. Brain's telling you what's going on. And then you just have to be willing to, to be open-minded enough to, to do something about it. Yeah. You don't need to athlete better than other people to be a good hitter. I'm telling you that right now. It's, It helps. It'll help it doesn't to be... hurt. Yeah.
0: It doesn't well, it I'll say it doesn't hurt unless you get to a point where you have to like feel good or think think that you need it. I don't know. That's not even fair to say. Being being faster, being stronger should increase your margin of error. Should.
1: But the being faster and stronger thing is also it's also become a crutch now. It's become it's become a crutch. Like kids kids work out and when they don't work out, they don't feel good. Kids don't sleep eight hours. And they're like, Oh, I didn't sleep eight hours. I didn't get my recovery. I'm like, do you have any idea how many times I slept two and a half hours or no hours and had to go play a game and had to just go figure it out. And then at some point, like at some point, if you use the excuse, the, then it's going to be the excuse. It's going to be the reason why you didn't. It's not like, instead of being, you know, a, a thing that, that, that motivates you to do better or a thing that like a challenge that you face down, you know? And it's, it's the same that when guys get, when guys have like a small hurt soreness thing, generally speaking, they can play like, and they set their expectations lower. They, they tend to play better. You know, JD Martinez turned his ankle before the playoffs and raked in the postseason raked Cause he couldn't take as many swings in the cage, set the bar low, was really just trying to do what he could, hit a line drive through the four hole, and then before you know it, whack, whack, whack. But I think you can I it think sound like a
0: duck a little bit right there. You said no. whack, whack, whack. whack, whack, whack. And it sounded like quack, quack, quack. Okay.
1: Yeah. I think you can interpret a lot.
0: We should make a shirt that says quack, quack, quack on it. I think that'd be good.
1: I think you can interpret a lot from seeing how how players deal with failure. Uh, it's just my opinion.
0: Dealing, with, yeah, it's it's huge. Um that was good rant, way off the rails. Uh, what would you guys have done with these type of opportunities? If we were this age, oh man, um, I'm gonna tell a story, my story. If I've told it before, I'll, you've heard. I know you've heard it, Chris. Patrick's heard it. My story is I was not fast, and I made a quick video about this the other day. So this, the, I'm very passionate about the sprint stuff, and I'm probably sending mixed messages to my audience on social media and my email list talking about sprint speed. This stuff matters, and it's a situation where my, my this whole life that I've created, whatever, has been. What would I want if I could start my career over again? That's like that. That's what drives me. That's like that's that, that's the deal. So if you, if you're not fast enough, you need to know how to get faster. And there's a ton of good information now. Um, when you look at different strength training methods and or methodologies, I should say um the way people are training the, the information that's available there's there's so much better information out people just be like oh you want to run faster than run more it's like okay i'll run more i ran winter track and I, I wasn't fast enough to do the sprint events so they stuck me in the middle distance and i was like great i'll run and i was just doing middle distance stuff instead of working on my sprinting and i was it's, it's not the best decision but I worked really hard and I got down to a seven flat 60, which I had a division three coach text me the other day and be like, wow, you ran a seven flat. Somebody, I made the video saying I ran a seven flat and that that's not fast. He's like, can you tell that to the kids that run seven fours and their parents are asking why they can't get into my school to like be on the team because kids that run seven fours think they're faster. That's not, it's funny. So, Two-time captain in high school, primarily because of my work ethic. Worked hard, led by example, just showed up, worked hard. And then in college, I was a two-time captain, again, because of work ethic, showed up, worked hard. Got into college as a seven-flat runner, left college as a seven-flat runner. Spent four years in the weight room, working my tail off, didn't get faster. I was a shortstop running a seven-flat, probably needed to be like a six-six, six-seven, fringe six, seven at my size. I I knew what my 60 time was. I didn't know anything else. I had no metrics. I had no understanding of what I need to work on, how I need to work on it. Um, this simple like split times, knowing what my time at different increments to know, hey, this is what you should be running at this time, or this is where you need to focus. It's crazy.
1: I, I can make the same argument about lifting. I went into college at hundred and I think I went into, into college at 173 pounds at the same height I am now, maybe like half an inch shorter, 6 so we'll call it six, three, six, two and three quarters, whatever you want to call it. So I look like a fungo basically. And everybody kept telling me, you got to get bigger. You got to get bigger. You got to get bigger. And like, so naturally, like you watch what the big guys do at the gym and they just bench press and none of them do legs. So, and then you're like, man, squats are uncomfortable because my legs hurt. So I don't want to squat or deadlift seems like it's hard because I don't understand how not to hurt my back when I do it. And so like you go to the gym and you just try to throw 225 on the bench and see if you can get there. And I got bigger and I ate a lot and like, I started entertaining the ideas of, you know, like how to lift more. Like I started looking for information, but I, I didn't know anything. And then my, my sophomore year, we had no strength coach. And the guy that came in to, to be our de facto strength coach was a, a guy that played who had, he left with a, like after he got out of school, he, he started doing like bodybuilder workouts and got huge. So his, like our workouts were like back and buys and chest and tries and like the standard bodybuilder workouts. So now I'm like, Oh look, I'm working so hard functionally stronger? Not even close. Like not even a little bit. Functionally faster? Not even a little bit. But I'll tell you what, I gained 20 pounds so I was like, "Oh, and I graduated, I think I was like 205 or something like that. Still a fungo at 205, but I had wider hips because I ate a lot of cafeteria food, I guess. But I didn't do one thing that actually trained to help my baseball playing career and even as i got bigger there were times in my baseball career early on my my professional career when i was an independent ball and this is is like i don't know 2009 even 2008 like i would just lift i would go to the gym and lift hard there was one year i did crossfit because i was like oh man crossfit seems like cardio and lifting did no like good workouts nothing until probably 2010 2011, when I started really paying attention, like, oh, I don't have to be bigger to be stronger. Like, I, I, I there's functional movements that I can do things that to keep me loose and pliable and and move. And I said pliable, yeah, you heard it.
0: Yeah, big Tom Brady guy.
1: And B twelve, I, I never hit the ball the furthest when I was at my biggest. How about that? Ever, ever. Well,
0: it's. You need to be strong enough. I used to every time Cressy would post something and uh, he would post different things on Instagram. And I would always be like, How strong is strong enough? How strong is strong enough? Because kids just want to keep getting stronger, stronger, stronger.
1: Because it's, it's easy. Not
0: bad. It's not bad to be stronger.
1: No, because it's easy. Because There's it's easy. A limit. There's because a it's easy. Because you're
0: it's... Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neal's huge.
1: Because it's easy to go to the gym and follow the program that the trainer gave you and socialize and talk to your buddies and feel like you've done something it we've talked about this all the time it's not a competitive advantage if everybody else is doing it right it's no longer competitive
0: prerequisite though
1: but yeah so but my argument is it it's no longer competitive advantage if no if everybody else is doing it right and i'm not saying don't work out but going to the gym and doing a bunch of reps and a bunch of sets is easy it's not hard it's hard work it's physical labor But there are plenty of people that know how to do physical labor. They actually love being told what to do. The hard work is the critical thinking stuff. The hard work is hitting. Hitting is hard because it takes a lot of different skills and a lot of different mental, like you have to get to layers. Like lift is, hey, do this exercise. This is how you do it. Go. And hey, you got better today, right? Hey, you got better. But like, so did everybody else. I'm not saying... That everybody else, of course, you can gain on people. Of course, you can you can work out. It's easy when you have, especially when you have the plan. And that's what the strength and conditioning world has done is they've given plans to athletes. Nobody's doing in the hitting world is anybody, and if they are, they're giving the wrong ones.
0: We are. We're we're doing it. Oh yeah,
1: we're we're doing it. Doing it. And Uh, and not to mention like building building mindset and approach and courses around it. Like that's the stuff. That's the stuff that I get excited about the most. And it's the stuff that nobody thinks is important because they just want to do do do. It's okay.
0: Quack, 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 do, <laughs> do, quack. Quack, quack, <laughs> Do do do. Uh, where's your players being the offseason right now? Uh, you could speak to this as a professional player. Um, some of the kids that came in today to do their assessments have not been hitting. It's very obvious. They got about 40 swings in and they're like. start breathing heavy looking around like all right you haven't been
1: hitting so this week was the start of phase two programs at evolution baseball in Shrewsbury. uh phase two of the off season that is according to pelotero the uh the season is broken or the year is broken down into season off season cross season right we know you and i know that nobody else probably does but you know, generally speaking, at the amateur level, and even in co- like college, high school, like you're going to play some form of fall ball, right? Um, and you're going to play some form of summer ball. Which I make the argument that there's like an overlap. So, like high school and part of summer are your traditional season, because you know if you break the year into blocks, and then your summer and your and your fall are your cross seasons, right? And then the off season is when you don't play at all. So we are like based on high school tryouts, like we're looking at, you know, we usually look at right at the beginning of April, late March, depending on the school and when you can start practice. Um, We we just started uh, off season phase two this week, which will get us, you know, end of January will be the end of phase two, end of February will be end of phase three, and end of March will be end of phase four. So phase two, where should athletes be? Um, phase one, we were mostly T flips, uh, really just getting the cobwebs off for anybody that hadn't hit. Um, really uh, identifying things that they needed to work on uh, for the first four weeks. Phase two, uh, we just started including um, some over-the-top BP tonight as part of phase two. So that's where I would say you're at. You're probably at your first, in the in the northeast where start date is you know 3 months from now um, you're just getting into some some bp's probably hitting 3 days a week i would say at least yeah. you're
0: not a multi sport athlete you got to be you got to be working out moving at least
1: and if you're a college player you're at the end of phase 2 versus the beginning of phase 2 you're starting phase 3 to get to You know, call it January fifteenth or January seventeenth or whatever it is, and then uh, phase four takes you to that February fifteenth, February seventeenth, Division one opening days, and February end of February is Division two.
0: Is it that early? I feel like we always started in March for Vermont because it was yeah, because
1: you went to Vermont. Yeah, Vermont. It's cold. First weekend of uh, Division one baseball, I think it's February sixteenth ish.
0: That's great. That's gotta be sooner than what it was. It's was always St. Patrick's Day when we went to our Florida trip. It was awesome. I,
1: I never played a game in February in college.
0: Yeah, I definitely did.
1: So that's where you should be. I would okay. say you're you're taking some form of batting practice right now. It's coming up. It's gonna get here fast.
0: It will. Uh New Year's resolutions. So one thing you want to do in regards to baseball, one resolution for the baseball world, and then one non-baseball resolution.
1: I have a big resolution: to bring the the, the 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 hitting world and the game together. It's it's impossible. I would like to have dialogue with anybody that is has a dissenting opinion. I would love to sit in a room and just talk to people. Like, I would love to have dialogue with anybody that thinks data sucks and tech sucks in the same way. I would love to have dialogue with people that think, you know, uh, old school guys suck and they don't know anything. And I, cause I, I'm really, I would love to bring those worlds together. It feels like, honestly, because of the way the last two years have gone, it's almost like we've been detached from human interaction. It's become really easy to talk, on a computer. And when you talk on a computer, it's really easy to hide behind a keyboard. So I would love to have more engagement. I think it, that's why I'm excited about ABCA to be in front of people and to be in the same room as other people and really just engage in the conversation. Those are the places where I think like a lot of magic can happen and doing more stuff like that. Like, I'd love to bring this world more together. I'd like I'd love to see people not be as combative you
0: so in regards to baseball like in general or for me personally uh i don't know i don't know um i just want to help people that's all i really want to do i want to just help players yeah more players i just want to help more players simple well we've been working for two years to build this product and to build this platform and it can now do some really powerful stuff. So I just want to do that. I just, I want to help people, um, doing some of the travel stuff. We'll be able to get out and, and interact like you just said. Um, but we have tools that we can help players literally across the globe get better. So I want to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. resolution for the baseball world. I just, I don't know. That one's kind of weird for me because it's not something I can control. So, good. Let's have a good baseball season. It's not really a resolution.
1: How about have a baseball season?
0: Yeah, that's well. That implied that um, no lockout. I, I I have no control over that, so it's hard to make that a resolution.
1: I have some. Shockingly. Yeah. Some. Nah. Um, we
0: can't. Nobody's gonna talk until February. So who knows? Yeah.
1: What's well, I mean, it's just it's more stuff. It's more tactics, negotiations. I just wish the wish it was easier for the world to be more straightforward with itself. Um, non-baseball resolution, I think. I mean, it's it's actually been going on. for me. It's been like a a four, uh, probably a three month already. I've been into it. I don't do New Year's resolutions well. I do like. October resolutions really well. Like I, anytime I've, I've gone on like a, a journey to healthy eating, I, my eating has been as clean as it's ever been for the past, particularly the past four weeks. Um, but really the last three months I've, I've eaten as healthy as I've ever eaten. Um, at 203.6 this morning on the scale, which is the lightest I've been since my sophomore college. Um, lean lean i want to lean out i, I my goal like I, you know superficially speaking i want to have apps
0: that's great my non-baseball resolution is also just be healthy healthier be active i just want to start moving again i haven't like moved much
1: that's why i, I, I feel I like want to get... feel
0: athletic i just want to feel athletic i, don't want to I would
1: athletic. love to play basketball without like worrying about being around people and being too close to them, and having to wear a mask to play hoops and stuff like that.
0: Another thing, outside of your control, outside of our yeah. control.
1: That's why I haven't played. So I'm going to wait. There, uh, post show. Carlos and, uh, Correa is an angel. What?
0: Heard it breaking, breaking first. Breaking news. Maybe. Um, I was going to go with Belichick.
1: No, we'll go with Carlos Correa first. Okay, go ahead. So, tweet. I think Barstool picked this up. Uh, Carlos Correa had Christmas like, at his house with his family, and somebody was wearing, randomly wearing an Angels jersey. And then the caption of the photo said, oh, Carlos, you're such an Angel. Caps, all caps on Angel. Now, that would be weird in a lot of different ways because, number one, teams aren't allowed to negotiate with players, which everybody knows is happening already like they're they're like agents and and teams are definitely negotiating um because really like what's the fbi gonna put a wiretap on them um (laughs) come on like they're only breaking their own bargaining agreement they're not breaking the law like they're it's their own it's just their yeah i don't i don't
0: yeah i don't know what the rules are so korea
1: the angels for six hundred and eighty six million dollars maybe
0: seems a little heavy a little uh, heavy pour there. Well, he's going
1: to actually be a two-way guy, like Otani. They said
0: that was all on one Instagram.
1: No, I'm lying about the second part. I have no number. I, this is non-factual. Did, this is who eight.
0: played short for them last year.
1: Uh, is Simmons still? No, Simmons was in Minnesota. Um,
0: I would if I looked this up when I. No, I know
1: who played shortstop for them. Uh, they might. have They actually might have got Simmons back. Rendon played third. They actually had a good infield. Did he play third, though? David Fletcher played second.
0: Rendon was a third baseman, but did he play?
1: No, he got hurt at some point. And he also didn't hit good when he was there early.
0: Hold on. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, do they even have the the rooster on here? They do. They just don't have faces.
1: Um, Hey, what happened to Zach Cozart? I
0: don't know.
1: There were a couple years when he was really good. Jimmy
0: Walsh played first. Andrew Velasquez the 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 son of new york got traded so they have Brendan Brendan Davis 64 I don't think he played short David Fletcher is second
1: yeah he would play short though but he can play short
0: Jack Mayfield I don't know who that is
1: yeah it was Renjifo it was Renjifo and uh Jack Mayfield was the, the kid uh gosh he was I want to say he was with Houston at some point um yeah, he was with Houston. I don't know if he any may, debuted Mayfield, for them.
0: Mayfield was with Houston.
1: Yeah, but he, he was with the he got I think he got traded to the Angels or he, he, traded,
0: he was up with Houston in nineteen and twenty and then he got then he's Seattle and LA. Yeah,
1: he was with the Angels part of last year. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm looking at his baseball reference page.
0: Yeah, he's with Seattle and Angels.
1: Oh, but he was Houston before. Yeah. Yeah, so Ranjifo, Ranjifo always reminds me of uh, an Italian guy, but he's not. Those are the two listed shortstops.
0: Yeah. Fletcher, yeah well,
1: played, Fletcher can play some short, though. He can play. Velasquez
0: can, Velasquez can
1: play short. That dude can pick it. I'm excited to watch him.
0: He's little, he's a little guy. 5'9".
1: nine. Yeah, Five, nine, grimy, nine 70. grimy. Love him. Perfect.
0: Yeah, no other baseball news though, besides Bellinger. There can't be. It's it stinks. I I hate watching ESPN. It's it's just not. It's so bad. It used to be so good and now it's so bad. Is that me being older? is it I'm just if I if I didn't know old sports center existed, would I think this sports center is good?
1: I don't think anybody watches sports on scott van pelt's yeah, pretty good I but i mean scott
0: van pelt is good yeah. he's like his own he's a throwback
1: yeah, yeah. but they, they were all personalities right it was you know Stuart scott kenny main the personality was what made the show kenny main has some of the best one that must be a homer simpson because the pitcher just went do <laughs>
0: There's so many good ones. So the, highlight,
1: the highlights were cool because of that. And then the commercials that got built around them.
0: Yeah, I don't do that anymore. Now it's just people being woke. They're all woke. Woke. It's tough. It's tough to watch. It's all like they just talk to try to get ratings, but it's just terrible. And anybody yeah. like I feel like anybody who actually wants the actual sports news. Can't tolerate it, so who's your fan at that point?
1: Yeah, the no, if you have a dissenting opinion, you can have a show on national television.
0: Well, it's just yeah, that's it. they're all talk shows now. They're not uh just tell me the score and be funny.
1: That's too see, easy. You find that on, commentary. You find that on the internet, kid. Don't need boy. Anybody to tell you
0: boy delivers that.
1: Remember when you had to like wait for Sports Center to watch the highlights? You couldn't watch them any other way.
0: Did you, were you a box score guy growing up?
1: Uh, I, I mean, I check, I always check the newspaper because no, I want so to see how many hits a guy's got because I want to see what they were hitting. I, I just cared what they were hitting. I want to know batting average all the time.
0: I was huge, huge box score checker. Love checking box scores every morning. Get the sports section out see you got hits.
1: Too easy now. Too easy. Well,
0: you don't have to wait. It's just available all the time. So you don't like, like there's no like appointment television now because you can just watch it on demand whenever you want, which is nice.
1: And DVR if you really don't want to watch the commercials. I, me and Ali DVR the three shows that we watch on national TV, and then we start them 20 minutes later. So we skip all the commercials.
0: Yeah, just fast forward through the whole thing.
1: Um, no Belichick New Year's resolution.
0: Nope, not today,
1: not, not today, today, dog. <laughs>
0: Um, Pat's lost the driver's seat yesterday, which is fine.
1: They went from the number one seed in the AFC two weeks ago to now, like, better figure out how to win some games make sure you get in the playoffs.
0: Well, they, they played probably, they probably peaked and then teams adjusted. So they got to, they got to adjust the adjustment.
1: Be interesting. It'd be an interesting NFL postseason.
0: Who the who the Pats have left on their schedule? Am we good?
1: Uh I think Miami and they already play the Jets twice. They usually end up, they usually finish the last couple weeks or in the division. Patrick would know better than me. They have both they played both with Buffalo already. Um it just depends on the schedule. Yeah, Jacksonville and in Miami. My yeah, say they have one of the two jacksonville so that's a win chalk but, it up
0: all right probably probably win that game
1: yeah but you well, could have said that about the bills they lost them nine six earlier in the but year
0: but if uh so both teams went out bills are the division champ
1: uh i but think it's strength if, the if, schedule or point whatever rating thing yes i don't know i haven't checked if,
0: if the if the patriots win two and the bills go one-on-one the patriots take it
1: back just to win the, the the division, yeah. But there's only one bye in the AFC and only one in the NFC, so it doesn't really matter. Winning the division just guarantees you a home game in the first round. That's it. I believe you.
0: I believe you. I never know who's good in the in, the, in football. The records are just deceiving. You can't tell. I think the Chiefs are good. Are, are the Cowboys good?
1: I Cowboys are good. good. Are yeah, are they? Yeah,
0: or is their division terrible?
1: Uh, they're they're good. I mean, they have really good players. They don't play up to their potential all the time. I, I, I they're yeah, they're hit or miss. Patrick's doing the meds and meds with his hands. It remains it TBD. Like, they're one of those teams that they could play to eleven and six or twelve and five or whatever you want to call it. And it's weird five, to say a team game they're
0: five and zero oh in the division and six and four out of their division.
1: Yeah, the division stinks. But they also lost to Tampa in a close one to start the year. Um, they've thrown up a couple clunkers, but everybody's had a clunker this year. Like everybody. The Chiefs have had a clunker. or the Chiefs have had two clunkers, and they almost lost the Chargers. Just when you start to think the Chargers are relevant, um, the Chargers lay an egg. Uh, I'm telling you, there's nobody that's like the – pack, the Packers are, have been solid across the board. They're, I mean, if they went out, they're the number one seed in the NFC. Tampa Bay Tampa Bays laid a couple of eggs too I mean but you know it's also the same record they had last year they got to get fournette back for the playoffs I think to, to to matter Evans Evans was out Godwin was out uh Godwin's out for the year it's an ACL um Antonio Brown came back I mean they're they're a little bit broken um and they've they, they were vulnerable against the Saints and I don't know if it's he got Sainted because he hasn't beat the Saints in the regular season yet, and as a Buccaneer,
0: uh, he has issues with them.
1: Yeah, you beat him as a Patriot, but shut her down, man. You're done. It's weird. It's past your bedtime.
0: Uh, I'm just getting started. It's gonna be a long night for me.
1: Well, go get him.
0: We'll do. All right, wrap it up.
1: Pickle out. <laughs>